Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Naya Wrestling. This is a special episode today, guys. We're doing the best of 2019, and as with me, as always, is my man, Richie Silver. Hello, Mark. How the devil are you? I'm good, thank you, my man. How the devil are you, kind sir? Yeah, very good, very good. Excited for this episode of the podcast. I think the listeners would enjoy this. Yeah, I think so as well. I thought just during the year, because I thought doing the best of the best of the decade might be a bit too hard for us to think of what the best batch or the yeah. best restaurant people will be of the decade, but as it's going to be the last day of the year uh, t- of 2019, we thought we'd put this out for everyone mm-hmm. to see, and if you guys have any different opinions to us, let us know as well. Yeah, shall we begin? Let's have a, let's have a look at the past year, Mark. Let's go. That is true. To begin with, male rest of the year. So for my male rest of the year, it would have to be David Starr. Um, one thing is the fact that he's done so much across this entire year by wrestling for so many different promotions and winning so many different titles and doing so many great promos and having so many great matches. I believe for me, he's my man of 2019. Like, yeah, I know Moxie had a very good second uh, part of 2019 or Okada's had good stuff and everything, but I think for me, it's David Starr. Okay, that's good. Yours, Richard? Uh, off the back of that, I'd say, yeah, David Starr has had a fantastic year as well. Um, yeah, I've only, you kind of really introduced me to David Starr this year. We saw him at Rev Pro when he, um, he had a match against Al Fantasmo, which is just boy joint Bullet Club, or? Yeah, no, right he, before. Yeah, it was right before, because right I was watching, uh, listened to a really good interview with him, with a guy called Jamesy, who does the British Wrestling Experience, and they were discussing that match, and he thought it was really cool to see Al Fantasmo then go off to, um, to um, New Japan and stuff. Perfect. Yeah, no, David's had a great year. Uh, my pick for wrestler of the year is actually going to be John Moxley. Okay. Um, now, John Moxley, obviously, he left the WWE brand off his own accord. Um, he done the gentleman thing. He left, um, he saw his contract through. He did a really poop on the WWE. Um, he kept himself very conservative throughout the whole thing. Um, he had a fantastic run in the G1, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, really, really good that. run in the G1. His match really against Naito was amazing. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And then obviously he's gone over to AEW, um, and he's been kind of like their flagship, but he's not been um, overexposed. He's done really well, and he's made a niche for himself, which I think he's done the backbone of that whilst working in New Japan in the G1. Uh, suffered an injury and he still come back with his staff infection. Um, he had a great run with Kenny Omega to show that he isn't just a. You know, when you look at his year this year, G1 proved he could go and he had that strong, tough, strong style and kind of reintroduced himself again to the CCW crowd that was kind of expecting him just to go back to that. But the G1 proved that he could wrestle and I think he yeah. had the same thing again with Kenny when he'd done his feud with him before they got into their hardcore stuff and the bed of barbed wire and obviously that was the scene in the fans we wanted but he proved he could wrestle a fantastic match and he, under under his own influence not having a WWE belting him down to say you've got to do this you've got to do that for me John Moxley fantastic he's kept it professional he's been true to himself and he's not overexposed and he's not a glory hunter so for me John Moxley is not mad at you ok that's cool man and so, next on is the female wrestler of the year. Ooh. Mine would have to be Rhea Ripley. Uh, even though, yes, I'm a big Sasha Banks fan and everything else, but she was off for several uh, months, that kind of thing. But the reason I put Rhea Ripley up there is, one, she was the first NXT UK Women's Champion. Two, she's had uh, such a great 
year and such a great like performance in all her matches. She's always been booked to, to look strong. Also, as well, her Survivor Series weekend, she was the star of that weekend. Same in the War Games match. And I think she's also one of those wrestlers, besides Tony Storm, to kind of show that even though they're not made WWE like female wrestlers, you can see just how good they are and just how amazing they are as well. Like, Rhea Ripley, for me, has improved so much this year. Like, she's been amazing. So, yeah, that's my choice, Rhea Ripley. Okay. Uh, I'll say my choice has got to be Tessa Blanchard. Okay. Um, she's had a fantastic year and obviously her contract is about to expire. Um, what she's done with um, intergender wrestling has been quite good this year, especially towards the end part of November, December. Um, obviously, she's wrestling Sammy Callahan for the TNA World Championship. We saw her at Rev Pro and she put, um, oh, she's that blonde girl, she put her over. I forgot her name, really sorry. Uh, uh, something Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sure. She put Sure over. Um, so again, a bit like Moxley, not a glory hunter, but she's done a lot for the industry, a lot for the women this year. And she actually came highest in the oh, pro wrestler list. I always forget the name of it. PWI 500? That's it. I, I done the same thing when I was actually talking to um, David Starr. I was like, well done for the list thing. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, what are you on about? I was like, the thing. He went, the thing. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, because he got the highest independent star. Yeah, he did, yeah. Which goes number 89, yeah. Yeah, which goes on the back of your choice for the male. Yeah. But yeah, she got it for the women. So I'm going to go Tessa Blanchard. Cool, man. I was actually, she was one of my choices as well, but I was like, which Rhea Ripley just because of that. Uh, now, our tag team of the year. Now, mine would have to be the Undisputed Era. Okay. Every match I've seen of them has been fantastic, even though, yes, in a sense, also including Adam Cole and um, Roderick Strong in there as well. Cheers for that. I was actually thinking that in my head. Baby. Baby. But the former Red Dragon have been really good in NXT. Their matches against the Revival was fantastic. Their matches they've had earlier this year as well at New York was great, and it's just War Raiders and Ricochet and you know, they've had with Alistair Black and stuff, which has been really, really good. So, yeah, guys, I just need to error for me are uh, my 2019 Tacking of the Year. Fantastic. Great choice. Um, I would go... I would second that, actually. Um, my opinion, Unstudio have had a fantastic run. It's nice to see a faction um, get such a strong run. I mean, I know it's mm. NXT, it's under Triple H, um, but they are all fantastic wrestlers, all of the... They're all... They're all wrestlers, wrestlers, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I love the fact as well that even when, sorry to interrupt, even when like Kyle O'Reilly or, um, what's his other name? I've forgotten his name now. Uh, Bobby Fish, that's it, Bobby Fish. Yeah. Get injured, they're like, yeah, you switch around and you're the tag team champions too and stuff, you know. And they work well, but my personal, um, I would actually say the Lucha Brothers. Okay. This year. I was thinking them as well, actually. Yeah. Brothers, yeah. I've enjoyed Lucha Bros' work, um, especially with, um, the Bucks the Lucha Bros are, are fantastic obviously as a team they're brilliant towards the end I mean we're talking now we're we're in December now and AEW have been putting um, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr as singles guys just to try them out and fill the water they're both independently fantastic as a tag team the work they do is unbelievable I mean you've only got to look at that ladders match they had with the, uh, with the Young Bucks and I know it was a bit of a spot fest, but no one was actually hurt. I, I've enjoyed all their work. They're entertaining. Um, should they have been the first AEW World Tag Team Champions? Probably, but AEW is all about building new stars. But I think for me, the team of the year, I would say Lucha Bros. Cool. 
So next is the non-ret of the year. So this this, this, this might surprise you, Rich, my non-ret of the year. I've got a feeling me, I know. Go on. It has to be Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's been out of action lately. Yeah, yeah. So who do you think I was going to choose then? I thought you was going to choose the great O'Card manager. Oh, yeah. Tom Bev's Yeah, I was actually thinking of Lord Gideon Grey, but the reason I went for Sammy Zane is because even though, yes, isn't wrestled for most of the year, I don't think his last match was probably back in April, maybe, at the earliest. I don't remember. But he's really good on the mic. He's fantastic. He makes you want to hate like Shinsuke Nakamura, as a fact he's been now recently been given Mojo Rawley, he's like, well, um, I've got a manager license now in Raw, Raw so it's fine, that sort of thing. He's just really good, and it's amazing how, for someone who's been such an amazing baby face, such a great good guy, to the fact that he's now through this year especially, shown to be such a conniving and evil heel, I just think he works so well for me. I just think he's fantastic. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's a great show. And when he comes back, I'd like to see him rest the world generico. So, listeners, uh, Google that. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're on the way to, obviously, Uprising today in 2019. And talk about Gideon Gray, I think he's actually got a singles match tonight. Has he? On the card, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a throwaway match, but it's going to be quite fun. Um, for me, I would say, best non wrestler of the year, it's hard to say. I've got a name in the back of my head, and I think I'm going to go with it. And he's from the Blanchard family. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I know who you mean now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Papa Blanchard. Reason being, um, he's been the second to Sean Spears, and he's done such an amazing job. Um, spike pile drivers, this, that, and the other. But I think as a manager, he reminds me of the old school Bobby Heenan. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with Papa Blanchard. Nice. And now, I think for me, probably one of the hardest choices me to choose was match of the year. Now, for my match of the year, I went after many sort of like, what's the word I'm thinking of, like, what you kind of think to yourself. Brainstorming. Brainstorming, sort of like, thinking of of who to, what to choose, and like, actually that match was really good, but actually no, that match was really good, no, actually that match was really good, but actually no, overall, but it has to be Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole in the 2 out three balls match at NXT TakeOver New York. Brilliant. Now that match was awesome. I know the previous year, my match of the year was another two out of three balls match from Dominion. But this match had everything. This match had great storytelling. This match had great in-ring psychology. This match wanted you to have um, Johnny Gargano win because even though he couldn't actually avenge the proper feud he was having against um, Tommaso Ciampa, but this match was really good. I remember watching it live and actually coming out of my seat, jumping up and down, going, yes, come on, yes, come on, Johnny Gargano because I'm a massive fan of his. So yeah, yours, Richie? Well, on the back of that, I'd say it's quite funny that two years running, you've had two two out of three matches, two out of three balls um, as your favourite match of your of the year. It's quite interesting. When you look at the backbone of professional wrestling and you look at companies like the NWA, most of the way that they would finish a fantastic feud or story, a grudge match, would always be a two out of three balls match. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of take your... Both your decisions this year and last have been taken from the foundations of what pro wrestling should be. <coughs> and when you've got such good artists, Adam Cole and Gargano, it's a perfect storm for a match of the year candidate, and quite rightfully so. Completely, uh, For me, as soon as you said that, I thought, oh God, well, oh, that's completely blown me. My favourite match of the year, I would say, is definitely worth a watch, is Sonata 
with uh, with Osprey in the G1. Okay. It's um, it's a 25 minute absolute perfectly told story in the ring. Hasn't yeah, got fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It hasn't got the elements of the story because obviously the G1. You know, the New Japan product is more of a pure wrestling product. But for me, that, I would say, would be my match is with Osprey and Sonata, G1 2019. Okay. But, but, but again, you were saying there's no story in it, but there is that story element of they, they both want to win the G, G1. Yeah. G1. So they're like, they're going out there to oh, yeah. their opponent because they want to win it and then go on to wrestle, uh, wrestle Kingdom. Oh yeah, I mean, like there's an end goal. Yeah. There's, yeah. An, there's an end goal to... But you don't have that storyline to it where it's like these two wrestling each other sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you haven't got the theatrical side of the WWE product. You've got the pure wrestling product and the, the, the main title is to win... The main goal is to win the G1 and everyone's in it to win it. Yeah. But I think, personally, out of our decisions, I would still favour yours over mine. Um, as soon as you said that match, it took me back to the story. It took me back to the payoff and just everything that caught me up in the pro wrestling world that... Your decision blows mine out of the water. That's fantastic. Well, yours is a really good one as well, though, Bob. It is yeah. for its wrestling technicality, but for yours as a whole as a whole package, yeah, brilliant. Now, I think for me this is my hardest decision to make, and that was pay per view of the year. I I have two, uh, but the one I'm going to have to choose is going to have to be Takeover New York. For me, top to bottom, that show was awesome. You had the amazing opening match, the amazing tag team match between. Um, Ricochet and Alistair Black against the Viking Raiders or now War Raiders when they were known at the time. Um, you had that amazing match between obviously Johnny Gargano against Adam Cole. Baby. The, <laughs> baby, the great match between Walter and Pete Dunne and many, many more. Like That show for me was one of my all-time favourite shows of the year. I loved every second of it. I know some people didn't enjoy the Walter-Pete Dunne match as much as I did but for a storytelling match and everything else for me, I felt that match was really good. And, he, and even though I felt the his match against Tyler Bate was better at NXT Blackpool, no, not Blackpool, Cardiff, but I felt for the style they wanted to show you and to show you how good Walter is, this pay-per-view was great for that. Mm, yeah, it was fantastic. What about, you, what about yours and Richie? Yeah, my other choice was Double or Nothing. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I've got to go, I think I've got to go with Double or Nothing. Okay. To be honest, from a, again, from a wrestling perspective, fantastic. It's nice to see the guys go out, but I think for what it meant to professional wrestling this year, because this year has been one of the biggest years, I think, as a <coughs> as wrestling year, the wrestling being important and being mainstream. I say double or nothing. I enjoyed watching that. I was excited. Is that the one we stayed up around your place and bought it? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. made a night of it. It was um, for me. I I enjoyed that. Just learning about a new product and the way it had that NWA WCW Ted Turner feel to it. Yeah, for me, double or nothing AEW won this year for me, um, purely because of what it meant and yeah. um, the feeling it gave me watching that wrestling. Yeah. And it, and the crowd were great, and it also had some really good surprises as well, like John Moxley appearing and all that other stuff as well, which is great show. Overall. Yeah, it made you feel, it made me realise what caught me up in the attitude era, and um, yeah. without the smuttiness, it was brilliant. And then the next um, one we have is Best Promotion. For me, it would have to be New Japan. Uh, New Japan because every match that I've really enjoyed have been from New Japan. Even though yes, even though yes, NXT was my second choice, but 
New Japan have great stories. They have um, everything pays off. Like when they build something, everything pays off. The only thing I don't think might pay off properly will be the whole Shibata thing, because it's not um, obviously um, cleared yet and that kind of stuff. But for me, New Japan are my favourite. They've got they've had some of my favourite matches of the year. They've had some of my favourite wrestlers of the year. Like I love Okada, War Space been fantastic. I love their partner, even though it's not a New Japan match, but the fact they've been wrestling in Red Pro, so they were pseudo stars and everything else, which has been a great thing. I loved Royal Crest, that was such a good show. Um, I love the Bats World, I love their Wrestle Kingdom events, they're really good. And also, as well, another great thing most New Japan shows actually are reasonable time for us. They are. They don't have to wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning, yeah. you can wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning if you want to, and still watch a great show. So, what about you, Narishi? What's your promotion of the year, Bob? I'm actually going to say New Japan as well. Okay. Um, obviously, watching the uh, Will Ospreay and Sonata match, obviously, the G1's been brilliant this year. Um, what the best of, I think, what the best of all time with this, a lot of people have been saying. I've agreed as well. I, I really enjoyed the G1 this year. There was so much content as well, and Boxley come in, and like you said, the partnership with Rev Pro. Um, for me, you know, it, it's very easy to think what I like right now, and I think that's the hardest thing. When you look back and think, well, what's actually captivated me throughout the year? It has been the G1. It has been John Moxley working in the G1. It's the Rev Pro, the partnership they've had. I would actually agree with you, and I would say New Japan, even though AEW have started and it's fresh and exciting, what's captivated me this year the most is not WWE. NXT has captivated me, but every now and then. New Japan has been consistent. I would say New Japan Pro Wrestling for me as well. Awesome, man. And the next one would be Feud of the Year. Now, this one was probably the hardest pick for me to choose, being Feud of the Year, because even though it's been other feuds, I really enjoyed it and stuff and that kind of thing. But I had to choose Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus uh, Ronda Rousey. I think one of the reasons for this is, A, this is the time when Becky Lynch was the man and the biggest thing in wrestling, because I feel like nowadays her flair and her vibe underneath her is kind of diminish a bit for me, she doesn't seem as important anymore. Mm. Uh, another thing, it made event interest WrestleMania, first time ever, as well as the fact that it was, even though you knew they were friends in real life, you, you could tell there was some sort of hate between each other, like the amount of stuff that would be on Twitter, and the amount of comments they would make about each other, even though they were feeding other people, they were still being like, you're not, you're not Ronda Rousey, I want Ronda, and that kind of thing as well. I quite liked that, and I liked the whole sort of like aspect of just the historical aspect of it as well really like being the first main event WrestleMania issue of women um, having like one of the biggest stars ever made to go into wrestling like having them be the biggest star in wrestling with Becky Lynch going over and stuff and then having Charlotte Flair who's like this rival but also the Flair name and that kind of thing it has sort of the history of wrestling too by it being a Flair as well just yeah for me that was probably my feud of the year what what about yours Rich? yeah actually I was going to say exactly the same again um Feud of the year, definitely. Uh, again, it takes me back to why I'm a wrestling fan with that name value and the work ethic and the talent. Um, I would agree with you and I would say the same. Um, there's been some fantastic views this year. To be honest, I think the Cody and Jericho thing was brilliant this year. Yeah, that was really good. Um, or the Cody MGF, but I didn't want to put that in because it hasn't shown the whole story yet. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through that. I think they pulled the trigger a little bit too early on MGF turning heel. They could have done that with a lot more Shazam. Yeah. Um, I would say I agree with you though, but I think the Cody, one of the best things I've seen this year is the Cody promo against Jericho. Oh, that was actually the next section was best promo. Well, that's that one that ticked off the list then. That's my favourite. The Cody yeah. 
the, the Cody promo um, with Jericho on Dynamite was, I mean, I was watching reaction videos to people that heard about it all over social media but didn't quite know exactly what happened. Mm. And, I mean, I've seen people cry. I've seen people laugh. I mean, it was um, such a heartfelt promo. That's my promo of the year. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Rich. That was my promo of the year as well. It was fantastic. It felt like he, it felt like he was in like being like his dad and like kind of like channeling his dad when he did his hard time promo, a hard time promo. Yeah. Just the fact that you can see him well up and you can see just how much his promo means to him. And also, all you can see wasn't scripted at all. You can you can feel the the naturalness of it. You can feel like the raw emotion of it. But I just thought for me, my best promo of the year, and it shows why Cody Rhodes when he's able to be given something like that, how good he actually is and how yeah. he is amazing. So, But when I think promos, I think of The Rock. Yeah. The Rock actually briefed, um, he tweeted Cody and it's public that he put, um, I think he just put rhythm, timing, pronunciation, passion, well done Cody, and then a copy of a mic. Yeah. Like a picture of a mic. But it was something on that line. So I'm, I don't know, I'm... I'm I'm transcripting here, it's not worth the word, but when The Rock says how good your promo is, I mean, that's the most big side. To me, The Rock was always the man for my Yeah, family. oh yeah, completely. And I also love the fact as well, The Rock is someone who still loves wrestling and still watches it all the time and still like, because he loved NWA Power, because he, before the whole controversy, Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, mate, great on the announcing and stuff, but yeah, it's cool to see him do all this stuff. No, oh, he's doing Mark. Yeah, completely, yeah, mate. Because it was really funny talking being a mark. There was a funny, like, 24 of, like, the coming from 24 Chronicle, you know, one of those documentary shows about the first edition of SmackDown on Fox, and you had The Rock giving, like, Bailey and Sasha hugs and stuff. You can see Sasha, like, jumping up and down Bailey, like, being like, oh my god, it's The Rock. Yeah. It's cool to see these people when they're, like, well, even though they're famous, famous wrestlers, they still be like us, like Mark. Exactly. I mean, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the next one we had is Best Announcer. So, do you want to go first? I'm going to say Morello. Yeah, mine too. Mauro Ronaldo for me is my announcer of the year. Yeah. He had so much more to the matches. I know there was that big thing of Corey Graves being a douchebag, but you know, less about that the better. But for me, he had the most amount of passion. I love his facts. He mentioned about, the, mentioned about the wrestlers. I love the facts as well that he's someone as well with mental health issues. That he's, that you can say that even though you might have like bipolar sort of what you can do. Have you seen the Rock and Roller documentary yet? No, it's really yet. good. It's on YouTube. You get a chance to watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Could you? Because that makes me appreciate him even more to have this man who's had these issues throughout his life and to go on and do stuff for Bellator, big boxing fights, NXT, New Japan and stuff. I just he's just a fantastic announcer and he adds for me just that passion like there was a video that they did when they did NXT TakeOver New York as well as New Orleans the previous year and just to see the footage of him going insane and being like that's one of the things I, that's one of the things I miss about re- uh, announcing in WWE nowadays is you don't have that person like that's why I love watching AEW or New Japan or NXT because for me I feel like when I'm watching it like I am that announcer like I feel like this that would be me if I was watching that match like I would be like oh my god that's fucking awesome and all that kind of stuff like Morrow does or JR does or um, Kevin K does and that's why to me he is my favourite announcer Morrow Ranallo you are a legend my man yeah and you talk about voices of pro wrestling the uniqueness in his delivery is one thing that I like and it's a bit like Jim Ross you know he you knew it was Jim Ross as soon as he spoke I mean obviously everyone's got a voice but he's got a, 
certain sound. He sounds like a sports a sports broadcaster. Mm. That's what I love about Morello, you know, Morello. Like he, everything he does has got so much passion. You know, he loves his job, and that's why he took the whole um, comments by Corey Graves so personal because he cares about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and NXT is perfect for him. Um, you know, he's the modern day JR. I mean, I would love Corey Graves and Morello to work together. What a team that would be. That is the dream team. It will happen. They, they, they did it on um, 205 Live for a few number of times. Oh, but that was when 205 Live wasn't as good as it is now. So, oh, that's worth it. Uh, might have to go back and listen to a bit of that. Um, I agree. Nothing else I can say. No. I agree. He's uh, the voice of WWE for me. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, before we head off, can you think of any other best of 2019 you can think of at all? Best of. What's the most impactful thing that happens in wrestling this year? Probably CM Punk joining backstage. You mean that was bigger than AEW starting up? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Even though AEW being was also very impactful, but I think Punk joining backstage was just something for a man who was so against wrestling and so hated it and stuff to then be like, I even though it's working for Fox, it's the fact that he even was still doing it to kind of given the fans a bit of that like, is he going to wrestle again? Is he going to do this again? I feel for me just for the historical significance of the fact that he for many years was like I'm never going back to wrestling at all wrestling isn't part of my life anymore and stuff to then him start to do it again it's just for me quite shocking and quite like and also as well I like the fact of, about it too that he was one of those people who was truthful about it and he didn't lie about it so like no I'm not doing it I hate wrestling with other stuff he was truthful he said yeah I'm, yeah, yeah I've spoken to Fox yeah I did this yeah I did that and it's just cool to see yeah. I mean what about you Richie? Uh, for me, it was AEW. Okay. Um, AEW starting back up. Um, starting back up, starting afresh. Um, I think ever since that double or nothing pay-per-view, I knew I was going to love it. And I think it was something the rest of the industry was missing. Um, I know we was missing CM Punk. A lot of people were. Um, and if CM Punk joined AEW, I think I would have self-exploded. Um, yes, they <laughs> Uh, AEW for me is the kind of thing I was looking for because this year I've really got into my independent stuff. I, my my favourite promotion, like I said, was New Japan Pro Wrestling because of the pure wrestling. I was fed up with WWE Creative. So for me, AEW was a fresh, a fresh, as part of that again. AEW for me was a breath of fresh air. Um, kind of exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted that American style done with a very strong indie flavour. And very strong Japanese flavour to it as well because you've got the stars of bit of New Japan and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they let the guys do their own thing they're not being governed. Um, and I think a lot of professional wrestlers deserve that outlet to be themselves because it's a very creative company, you know, industry. For me, AEW, this is just the start of something that's going to be big. And for me, it got me excited to be a professional wrestler, wrestling fan again. <laughs> To be honest, I didn't really care much about the WWE. I love the NXT stuff, and I love the more independent shows that you and I go and see, and that's the kind of wrestling I wanted to see. So for me, AEW was the most impactful thing for me. It kind of brought me back in as a purist rather than just someone looking from the outside in again. Okay. Yeah. Any other best between us you can think of the man, or shall we say, uh, say goodbye? What's your favourite indie match this year? indie match that hard I would probably would say just for the 
historical significance of it would probably be the um, David Starr versus Alpha Tasman match. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Yeah. Just for the, just for the historical significance of that being the first Red Pro history, and yes, it's sad to see David Starr not wrestle them anymore, but to see how good that was, how bloody it was, and how hardcore it was, it was just really cool just to incorporate all of that great storytelling, everything together, which is fantastic. So, yeah, I think for me as well, um, another David Starr match is what we saw in the summer since the night before the uh, Copper Box for the uh, Royal Quest show against um, Will Ospreay mm-hmm. to see his last match in Revolution Pro Wrestling that gave him so much um, firepower to go to Japan and become one of the you know CM Punk mentioned best wrestlers in the world go there John John Morrison uh, Jim Morrison John Morrison sorry um, to see Ospreay finish up I think at Rev Pro and being there live and you and I both went to his party. Really um, did, yep. That was, that was a good party, wasn't it? That was a great party. That was a great party. Yeah, for me, that, that meant quite a lot for me to see um, with Osprey do his last um, Red Pro show. So, um, yeah, I think between that and the ladder match with Al Fantasmo, Bullet Club was good. It was really good for me to see. Yeah. Awesome, man. Great stuff. And that, our friends, was the best of 2019. Richie, my man, is there anything you want to plug at all to the peeps? Uh, yep. Uh, you can follow me on my handle on Twitter, RichardFilmer1 on um, Twitter. That's where I use my social media. Um, and we're also going to be doing the podcast on the event that we're 10 minutes away from. We're going to Uprising 19 Red Pro. by the time it comes out the Red Pro episode will definitely be up by then mm-hmm. so yeah see you my man and also as well guys don't forget to follow Naya Wrestling on all the different social medias as you guys know like Facebook Twitter SoundCloud Podbean etc mm-hmm. we've been your amazing hosts as always the best of 2019 themselves 
Mark Sylvester with Richie Filmer. Thank you, and uh, you never know, we might have some alterations after tonight because, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, things may change. It's, things uh, may completely change, and we'll, we'll, we'll be like, Richie must, Mark must be able to record some yeah, more stuff. Yeah, 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 the, uh, oh god, yeah. Um, yeah, stay tuned guys, obviously if you've got any uh, comments or suggestions, or you want to give your feedback on um, our list, and you have some different opinions on that, feel free to on um, social media, just let us know. Yeah, for sure. And that was no resting, guys. Take care and always remember. I'm a lifer. I'm a resting lifer. If you don't like it, learn to love it. Follow Mark and uh, he'll show you why. Resting is uh, meant to be for resting fans and non-fans and uh, just enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. We've talked about this. I know you have an announcement that's weighing heavy on you right now. Please tell us all what that announcement is. I'm not surprised. We're not surprised the arrival of Chris Jericho with the inner circle. It's been blunt. Or to use a more apropos term, it's been strategic. They have taken a scalpel to the elite. But it's a short victory lap, men, and here is why. We were already looking for you. We looked within our own club at one point. We have searched all over the world for a card that we could put our names on and match up with Matt and Nick Jackson, with Kenny Omega, with Hangman Adam Page, with myself, hell with my brother. So, we were looking we were looking and you found us. In November 9th, this Saturday, I find myself on the marquee with our AEW world champion, Chris Jericho. Tony and I have talked about it. He knows what I'm about to announce, but before I do, humor me, I'm gonna go on a bit of a detour and rattle off a few names. Eddie Graham, Cowboy Bill Watts, the American Dream, Dusty in our business. They were the best bell to bell, and they were the best at the box office. And for those who saw them with their own eyes, those memories reverberate in their heart. It is a good feeling. It is positive. But for the cold and sterile historians of our business, there's an air of controversy that surrounds it. It's from the simple fact that those men were also, in addition to being competitors, they were management. Not not unlike myself. And for the last year, I've told everybody, every podcast, every radio, every correspondent, I've shouted it off the rooftops how proud I am of AEW, how proud I am of the all-inclusive nature, of the schedule, of the pay, of the fact that we will listen. This, this is Ellis Island for a professional wrestler. This is freedom. So, when I hear, 
When I hear the same criticism attached to my name for being management and being in a title match, I can't not hear it. And with that said, I am announcing that if I do not defeat If I do not defeat Chris Jericho at full gear, I will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Chris Jericho, that is a very big if. It's not an encumbrance, it's not an albatross that is gonna sit on your chest and weigh you down. It is going to vanish. You've taken to calling my lot entitled millennials. You've called me an entitled millennial bitch. I neglected to read in your best-selling book, A Lion's Tale, which you could get on Amazon for $3 or at any, or at any flea market. I neglected to read about the upbringing you had that was so hard. You talked about my silver spoon. Gosh, it must have been so difficult being the upper-class son of a famous hockey player. It is almost like we shared the exact same silver spoon, you stupid dick. You've dismissed, you've dismissed every accomplishment I've made. You've talked about my father. Well, you call me an entitled millennial, I call you a carny succubus because the dirty secret about you, the dirty secret is you need this generation more than it needs you. And you've surrounded yourself with impressionable youth. This isn't about my dad. This isn't about the dead, it's about the living. It's about my mother, it's about my sister, it's about my wife, it's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un-goddamn deniable. At full gear. At full gear, I beat you. I become the world champion, and you fall back into your circle, your inner circle, and you let them know the ground should be rumbling between their feet because the elite are coming. And when the elite and the inner circle square off, it'll be a match beyond, and we are going to eat you alive. passion, but what has this extremely talented young man done? The pressure he is now under is not just maybe win, he has to win. This is a must-win situation for Cody on Saturday night, full gear on pay-per-view.